to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. This week actually marks the one-year anniversary of this podcast, which I think is kind of cool. I knew that I had a lot to say. I knew that there were a lot of subjects that weren't being discussed in K-12 and higher education that needed to be discussed, needed to be brought up. And there's kind of something I'd like to discuss here right at the top which is this. I hope that throughout this time, myself included, of course, this has happened with me, and and it should, I would hope, happen with a lot of individuals, is that we're continuing to get a thicker skin. And I think that that's beyond relevant. Because as it's been brought up here numerous times, this is war. And everything that's going on here is war. We're watching... Endless examples of abuse, we're watching endless examples of murder, we're watching endless examples of tyranny, lying, deception, money laundering, criminality, lawlessness, you name it. You'd better be getting a thicker skin. And we live in profane times here. So, if your skin isn't thickening, and your bones aren't hardening, and you're not getting stronger throughout this time, You know, maybe you need to take a break, walk away for a little while, and then get back in the fight, or just stay in the fight and keep going. Because again, the coming months here are going to be real interesting. The temperature is dropping most places. The weather is changing. The leaves are starting to change color. The leaves are starting to fall. And that's not, of course, a new thing. happens all the time, every year, but... That marks the beginning of the biological changes that happen within our bodies also. And our bodies will start to slough off toxic cells that we've accumulated over this time. So the coming fall is going to be an interesting one, and I would just encourage anybody listening to this to just continue to toughen their skin, metaphorically speaking. We need thick skin here. We need need tough individuals that can handle it, that can take it can take the words, can take the the bluntness, the direct approach, because it's the lack of bluntness and the lack of direct approach that have gotten us to where we are now as a country. By not being direct and by not being blunt, we've been passive, and that can't happen anymore. So one of my many goals for this podcast going forward is to continue to do what I'm doing, and that in itself is a good enough goal. I'm going to continue to take in information from countless individuals, contributors to the podcast. Again, you can send me all kinds of information. I'll put it out there because it needs to be put out there. And I'll do so, you know, in an unfiltered, direct way because that's the country we live in and that's the country we need in the future. We don't need this passive, well, let's all just kind of get along kind of approach. It, It just doesn't work that way and it's not going to work that way. Because when that happens, that's when the tyrants take over. And look where it's led us. It's led us to a horrible place. So, yeah. Let's just move forward. And let's move forward with thick skin. What do you say? So with that said, here's what I have lined up for this episode. A number of things, as one might expect. Um, This is a subject 
First of all, I want to talk about some TikTok stuff that's been going on recently. And this has been something that's been thrown my way again from contributors for the last few weeks. And I thought I'd hold off on it and hold off mentioning on a lot of it for the simple reason that I just wanted to get some more information on it from different angles and and sort of describe the, oh, I don't know, underlying nonsense and, and, and the real root reasons as to why such TikTok challenges occur within school settings, because there is a civility lesson that needs to be learned here. And it exposes, again, a, a much larger problem, in my opinion. Um, there are also universities, including the one that is in the town where I live, where I graduated from, oddly enough, that is using the state CARES Act funds millions and millions, tens of millions of dollars, and they're using some of this money to actually pay university students to be Bolsheviks slash Gestapo um, monitors, we'll, we'll, we'll call them, or police, basically, to disrupt particular individuals in social settings and then, of course, engage in all of the contact tracing nonsense that's been taking place. And again, this was also mentioned by the Xavier University student who was on a previous episode. He said very plainly that that's occurring at Xavier University. Well, now it's occurring at Miami University as well. So... I have no doubt it's happening lots of different places. Uh, these are just two universities in Southwest Ohio. There, there's no way that those are the only two schools that are that are engaging in this Bolshevik activity. So I want to bring up that a little bit, even though I just sort of brought it up right there. I've got a little bit of audio and then a couple of articles I want to read from as well. It's worth mentioning here before I get into the TikTok stuff. Uh, j- just from last week, Governor Newsom in California is now mandating the jabs for all students aged 12 to 18. And he openly said that he can't wait for um, the time when the FDA approves it. That way he'll be able to jab and mandate jabs for 5 to 11-year-olds. So he's a murderer. It's it, I can't be more direct than that. He's a murderer. He's a Satanist, and he's probably a pedophile. So there you go. There you go. That's how they get in those positions, ladies and gentlemen. They're blackmailed. And then they have to carry out orders from their blackmailers or else their card gets pulled. So, okay, the TikTok stuff. Here we go. Um, Again, this was thrown to me by a listener and kind of an insider that I have, which um, they've done a fantastic job in sending me some of this information. But first, before I read this from... The Ohio School Safety Center, or the OSSC, Vanessa Hurst tossed me an article a while back that described, it was a local news article from a local Kentucky area, and they described how um, students were barking like dogs up and down the hallways of of these schools as a result of these quote-unquote TikTok challenges, where they're having students basically behave like total sheep, uh, and get orders from online social media platforms to do particular things within their schools. The overarching part with this that I wanted to mention is this. If schools are worried that this is happening, they're worried that it's happening because they are not civil environments. And they are not civil environments only because they are managed 
by individuals who are not civil. It's very simple. If, if superintendents and school building administrators are worried that this will happen within their environment among their students and their staff, they're worried because they know that they have an uncivil environment. Well, who's in charge of that environment? It's supposed to be the adults who work there and run the place. If the adults that work there and run the place, again, are worried about this, it's also because they have not set the standard for discipline expectations in a proper learning environment. They've turned it into, again, a sorority or a fraternity kind of mentality, which unfortunately is common among many K-12 public schools because, <clears throat> excuse me, they take this approach that they just want to be liked by their students. Well, we just want to be liked and we just want everybody to get along and we just want to be liked and we want to be the cool the cool adults and we want to be the cool ones that you know the students can come to and we don't want to be so abrasive and blah 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 that doesn't work it never works the school environment the most effective ones anyway are supposed to have a very business like approach we're here for we are here for learning we are here for high expectations and if you break the law we will hold you accountable to the fullest extent of the law not the school based policy uh, you know discipline that we've derived or come up with over the course of time which is usually pretty lax but actual actual law which is again what i mentioned in the last episode that you have to have last last week's episodes frankly um, you have to have hardened law. And if students break the law, it's not school policy discipline that they should have to deal with. It's the law that they should have to deal with. So, this comes again from the Ohio School Safety Center. And it says the following. The OSSC has learned of a new October social media challenge that impacts Ohio schools and specifically staff and educators. Some TikTok users have devised a monthly list that includes various pranks or cha challenges rather, to take place at school. For example, in recent weeks, there have been incidents of school vandalism as part of a devious lick challenge. Quote unquote. Uh, the published challenge for the month of October asked students to slap a teacher. The challenge encourages students to slap a teacher or staff member and run before being caught committing the assault. The incident must also be filmed or the challenge does not count, quote-unquote. Some open-source media states that TikTok is addressing these trends by deleting and blocking the names of users associated with the challenges. It's being reported that TikTok is now directing associated hashtags to its community guidelines page. However, these videos can still be found on this platform by using various, or sorry, variations of these terms or misspellings. Uh, several school administrators are working to inform parents of this new and upcoming trend and are speaking with students about the potential repercussions that could result if they participate. We recommend sharing this information and a copy of your school's code of conduct with your staff, students, and parents. Unquote. Okay. Again, the places that are laughing about all of this are the most civil learning environments that exist. 
they're probably the private religious ones that are smaller in size. And if they hear about something like this, if they had any sense, here's what they would do. They wouldn't tell anybody. They, this, is, this is my approach. This is what I would do. I wouldn't tell anybody about this. And then, if it happened, which it wouldn't in a civil environment, but it certainly would in an uncivil one where chaos erupts and there's no follow-through on discipline and so on and so forth, I would let it happen once if I was the administrator there, and then I would hold that student to the fullest account and to the fullest extent of the law. End of story, period. If they slapped a teacher, I would expel them. And then what I would do is this, and this is the move. I, I, I brought this up actually roughly a year ago in the fall of 2020 when this podcast first started. And it's one of those things that's remarkably unfortunate, but many school administrators and school teachers are not allowed to publicize the discipline of a student who has either broken the law or broken the school rules in one way or another. They're encouraged to keep it quiet and not publicize it. I disagree wholeheartedly with that. These are not just teachable moments, but this is a moment where people need to flat out learn the hard lesson of, rea of the reality of life. You don't get to slap people and get away with it. If someone says, jump off a building, will you jump off a building? If someone says, slap a teacher, get it on film, or it doesn't count, are you going to do it? So you take that individual, again, who does this, you prosecute them, you kick them out of the school, because slapping a teacher is an expellable offense. So you expel them, permanently, and then the second it happens and they're gone, you get on the PA system and you tell the entire building, Ladies and gentlemen of so-and-so school, this student by this name, blah, 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 has been permanently expelled from the school. They will never return and you will never see them in this building or in this school district ever again. Here's why. They just engaged in a TikTok thing, I guess, where they slapped someone on camera and then ran away. That's assault and battery. It's actually a felony, but... It's an expellable offense. If expellable is a word, it's an expellable offense. And now they are expelled. If you want to get expelled, do it. Because they're expelled. Have a nice day. And then you hang up the phone and you get off of the PA system and that's it. It can be shorter than that and, you know, of course, tighter than that. But that's the point. When you toss out this warning like this, now make sure you don't do this or else. Make sure you don't do this or else because TikTok, you know... Make sure you don't do this. When you do that, sometimes, and I'm not saying it's always, but sometimes you end up not just encouraging it, but you're promoting it because now they know you're on the lookout for it. Why not set the example? That's what I say. Why not just set the example? Why not just let one student burn his future in that school building and then publicize the ever-living hell out of it? To basically say again, look what look what Johnny did or look what Sally did. They're gone now. Say goodbye to them. Do you want to be gone? And then 
and then that's it. Just leave it at that. It seems perfect to me. But again, when you have an entire state, the Ohio School Safety Center, issuing these TikTok warnings, who is really in charge then? Is TikTok in charge or is the school in charge? Who's in charge of influencing the young American mind? A social media platform that remains faceless? Because these people just, these sheep, these sheep humans, just sheeple, just blindly follow what their peers do on social media? It's, it's embarrassing, frankly. So set the example. Drop the hammer. That's what I say. Um, okay, this was another thing. Again, it goes right into the police state, the police state Gestapo tactics. Um, this was in the same email that was sent to me, and it says, quote, learn how to be an effective bystander in the midst of public space harassment with this virtual training from the nationally renowned organization, you can't make up this name, Hollaback, H-O-L-L-A-B-A-C-K. This program has been made possible in part by a grant from the Oxford Community Foundation, ages 18 and up, virtual Zoom presentation. All right, Hollaback. Let's see what they're all about, shall we? Hollaback.org is the website. And here's what it says at the very top. Harassment and violence are on the rise. We're here to end it. We're on a mission to end harassment in all its forms. And, of course, it has all left-wing-looking females uh, with 5D written on their hands. <clears throat> now, what's 5D? You click on their Guide to Bystander Intervention, and it says the five Ds of bystander intervention. The five Ds are different methods you can use to support someone who's being harassed, empathize that harassment is not okay, and demonstrate to people in your life that they too have the power to make a community safer. It's all communistic nonsense. All of it. All of it. Because a person's definition of what they deem as being harassment is fluid now. It's 100% fluid. If I'm wearing a hat that they don't like, or I'm wearing a shirt that somebody doesn't like, they're training people to actually do the harassing. This raises an interesting question, which is, whatever happened to just minding your own business? What happened to that? Mind your own business. If you don't like the way I stand or the shirt I'm wearing or whatever, how about you just mind your own business and deal with it? How about that? We have to look at your stupid faces all the time. We don't run around to the social police and try to have you removed from said environment because you're making this space, quote-unquote, unhealthy for all of us. We don't do that because we're normal. We're normal human beings. We understand that some people aren't well. We understand, unfortunately, that, you know, we have to live a life in a world with people like that. It's just the way it is. But this hollow back stuff is nonsense. Not to mention, of course, it's ghetto talk and it's not English, which I have a huge problem with. I have a big problem with that. 
it's continues to just be the dumbing down of the English language to where we all need to talk like we're illiterate. It bothers me. So here's what it says. This is in the about section. Who we are. Hollaback is a global communist people-powered movement to end harassment in all its forms. We believe that we all deserve to be who we are wherever we are. If that's true, then why do you have this? Why do you even have it? We believe that we all deserve to be who we are wherever we are. That's that's in their quote-unquote sort of, not mission statement, but it's in the who we are section of their website. I mean... The hypocrisy is just incredible. They, they don't even read their own words. It continues. We believe we all have a role to play in disrupting harassment and building a culture where it is no longer seen as, quote, just the price you have to pay for being a woman, LGBTQ+, a person of color, or any other marginalized identity. There you go. There it is. They just said it. We are anti-white male. That's what that all means. They just said it without saying it. It continues, We teach people to take action and to reach across their own identities to ally with others and establish a unified, I'm sorry, a united front against harassment each time we witness it. Translation, We will partner up with like-minded goons who believe the same ridiculous nonsense that we believe, and we will tag-team you and jump you on things that you are doing or wearing or saying that we disagree with in public to publicly embarrass you. That's what that means. And then their mission statement. Oh, and they have a vision, and then they have a what we do section, and then how we understand the problem, and then programs. Oh, my God. This is an entire episode. This is an entire episode, and I don't want to spend the whole oh, the whole time on this. But go to ihollaback.org. I'm sorry, ihollaback.org. I h o l l a b a c k dot org, and check this out if you want to have a brain bleed. Uh, I'm going to read the mission and vision. My God, they operate as a perpetual affront to harassment in all its forms. We started in 2005. It says, "Oh, this is horrible." Okay, anyway, mission. Our mission is to end harassment in all its forms by transforming the culture that perpetuates hate and harassment. We carry out this mission by building the power of everyday people to create safe and welcoming environments for all, which means everybody who we disagree with, we get to kick out of any environment, just like the video from the Arizona State University over there in uh, Arizona where the two black girls uh, decided to tag team um, one white guy who had a Police Lives Matter sticker or something like that, Blue Lives Matter or something, on the back of his laptop computer. And he got jumped. And then one of his friends stood up for him, and then another Asian kid came around and stood up for him, uh, and then they created a giant ruckus for what? For absolutely nothing. And they caught it on film, which is one of their tactics. Make sure you catch it on film so we can publicly embarrass you. Uh, these people need to be kicked out of school. If they exist in these environments, which they clearly do, and they're being taught this in school, they need to be kicked out. Or the civil people just need to leave these environments because these are unfortunately the environments that exist, that are, that are substituting as uh, education environments. 
The vision statement says the following, quote, We envision a world where all people have the freedom to move through public space, participate in civic life, and reach their full potential. That's funny. Participate in civic life. While we get to be un uh, uncivilized, um, yeah, while we get to be uncivilized. We get to tell you you're being uncivilized while we are being uncivilized. That's the translation there. It says, in this world, people will never face hate or harassment as they walk down the street, go to school or work, sit in the park, attend a public protest vote, or participate online or in the media. In this world, they will never face hate or harassment. What world are they living in? Not the real one. Not the real one the rest of us live in. It ends by saying we all have the right to be who we are, wherever we are. Again, unless you disagree with us, in which case you should be extinguished, is what they're saying. So that's hollow back. And it's an abomination. And should be done away with. And uh, yeah, but it's militant, and your tax dollars are going toward it. And so are all of the ESSER funds that are going toward these schools as well. And the CARES Act funds that are being distributed to American K-12 schools and universities. So there you go. Okay. A couple of articles here I want to get to before I get into some audio and then sort of bring up this uh, philosophical approach of a medical excuse that I think is occurring as well. First of all, gatewaypundit.com, quote, I'm vaccinated, but I also have COVID, and it spread through my entire family. CNBC host grills Fauci on vaccine breakthrough cases. Let's listen to that exchange, shall we? Dr. Fauci, I, I, you guys have been pushing the vaccine, and, and I obviously understand why I, I'm vaccinated, but I also have COVID, and it's spread through my entire family in the past few weeks. It's why I'm doing the show from home today. And I, and I just wonder about the public messaging around vaccinations. Three vaccinated people got COVID in my house, two unvaccinated children got it are, are you too casual about the limitations of the vaccine no. because it does feel to me that that these breakthroughs are happening they're happening regularly and we haven't really seen the government pay that much attention to them or warn about them too much the bottom line is we were still able to get it and transmit it thank god right. we're not in the hospital i get it i'm, I'm vaccinated but okay. you can get but it and transmit it and the government hasn't been warning about that Oh, yes, I am. We have. And we've said that. And let me just give you the science and the facts. If you are an unvaccinated person, you have five times the likelihood of getting infected, 11 times the likelihood of being hospitalized, and 11 times the likelihood of dying compared to someone who's been vaccinated. So the data showing the benefit of vaccines is incontrovertible. If you look at the people who have died from COVID-19, overwhelmingly, 90 plus percent of them are unvaccinated. Vaccination protects you against severe disease. And even when you get breakthrough infections, because remember, no vaccine is 100% protected. But what we do know is that if you get vaccinated and get a breakthrough infection, you are much less likely of getting a severe outcome. It is much more likely that you, in fact, would either be without symptoms or be mildly symptomatic. So you should not confuse 
the very important data that we now have a drug that can diminish hospitalization and death by 50%, you should not confuse that with the overwhelming benefits of the protection of vaccines. Those should not be confused. He's a psychopath. That's all. He's a psychopath. How on earth does a deadly shot that's administered two or three times or more protect an individual from something that they already have a 99.998% chance of surviving? But let's look at the science. Let's look at the science and and let's just look at the science and the data. I'll tell you what, he'd better hang. He'd better hang. That's all. It's a crime. What's gone on here is a massive, massive crime. The likes of which that my generation, at least, has never seen before. And uh, he's a psychopath. Okay, so there's that. Here's the next one. And this article is incredible. In fact, this article is so incredible, I'm going to link it in the description below. And I'm just going to read the conclusion of this article because it's very long, um, but it's loaded with excellent charts. It completely destroys everything that that lunatic just said, and it breaks everything down on how, again, when the jabs showed up, that's when the deaths increased. So... This is from a finalwarning.com. Top stories from independent journalists across the web. This is a good one by Health Ranger. It's titled Breaking AI-Powered DOD Data Analysis Program. Named Project Salus, S-A-L-U-S, Shatter's official vaccine narrative shows ADE, accelerating in the fully vaccinated with each passing week. Uh Uh-oh. So I'm going to scroll all the way down here to the conclusion and just read the conclusion because it is interesting. Quote, In conclusion, these data from the DOD, JAIC, absolutely shatter the false narrative of Biden, Fauci, Walensky, and other authorities who are still attempting to gaslight the American people into thinking that hospitals are filled with unvaccinated people. In reality, the vast majority of hospitalizations and deaths are occurring among those who were fully vaccinated, according to the 5.6 million people studied in this particular data set, Medicare. Importantly, post-vaccine health outcomes are worsening over time meaning that the vaccines appear to be gradually damaging the immune system over subsequent months, making vaccinated individuals far more vulnerable to subsequent infections. This is the very definition of ADE, antibody-dependent enhancement, about which many analysts such as Dr. Sherry Tenpenny have warned. Now it appears that ADE is no longer merely a theory, but rather a confirmed phenomenon reflected in official Medicare data. Attorney Tom Rents told Natural News Today that these data should immediately result in not just the FDA's revocation of mRNA vaccine emergency use authorization and approval status, but that the FDA, Fauci, and Big Pharma's top executives should be sued under RICO Act violations for racketeering and organized crime, unquote. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more.
So again, I'm going to link the website in the description below of this episode, and it also includes, again, the video of Thomas Rents describing this as well. So there you go. Now I want to quickly play the audio of Walensky, the CDC director, uh, basically admitting that the jabs do nothing and they don't protect against anything. So isn't it funny how Anthony Fauci and the CDC can't even get on the same page about their lying and their poison? See, that's just what happens when you lie. It's very, very difficult to maintain the lie and get everybody lying at the same time, at the same pace, without ever getting caught. It's absolutely incredible. So give this other psychopath a listen, and then uh, I'll come back at the end, mention a few things, and then make a little prediction here regarding where I think doctors are going to end up in the future. Um, our vaccines are working exceptionally well. They continue to work well for Delta with regard to severe illness and death. They prevent it. But what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. So if you're going home to somebody who has not been vaccinated, to somebody who can't get vaccinated, somebody who might be immunosuppressed or a little bit fail, uh, frail, somebody who has um, uh, comorbidities that put them at high risk, I would suggest you wear a mask in public indoor settings. Isn't it great? Isn't it just great? They actually think we're this stupid. And unfortunately, many are. Many are this stupid. And I'm going to give you a couple of examples here. Again, I decided to do a little recon this weekend. It was Parents Weekend at the local university, and Parents Weekend, as you might expect, brings in the parents from all over, and they eat and drink with their children and bounce around town and do whatever. Now... I drove right through the center of town, and what was interesting, of course, is the signs that were on both ends of town that's, that were put up by the city stated, uh, you will be fined $100 if you enter any of these establishments without a mask, or you can be fined $100. So it was on Friday afternoon where I actually witnessed one of the city workers taking this down, taking those signs down. And I thought, well, that's funny. He's taking down the signs. I wonder if it's for Parents Weekend. I wonder if now all of a sudden that parents are in town, coronavirus goes away, and the masks all disappear, and the distancing all disappears, and the you-have-to-show-me-your-proof-of-vaccination status, quote-unquote, in order to enter this establishment. And as it turns out, ladies and gentlemen, I have discovered the cure for coronavirus. It is, in fact, parents. That's it. It's parents. It's parents and money-making. That's what destroys coronavirus, because when I drove through town, there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of students and parents walking around, standing in line, all right next to each other, including inside of all of the bars and restaurants, with probably 30% of the people wearing masks. And no one being checked for any vaccine status, quote-unquote, along with no one being fined $100 for not wearing masks. Only, of course, to go back to Sunday and Monday, where I'm sure the signs will return, threatening to fine people, the parents will leave, and the students will have to go back to their tyrannical environment, where they're being forced to take a jab by November or else get kicked out of the university and wear a mask all the time, regardless of their jab status. 
Do you see how ridiculous this is? Even, even they themselves are lying publicly to everyone with their actions. And there are people that don't see it. There are people that are not picking up on it. There are people that are not saying to them, hey, guess what? We've caught on to you. We know what you're doing. We can see it. And you're not getting away with it. I'm shocked. I'm, I'm absolutely shocked that people continue to attend these environments where they can be gaslit at a thousand miles an hour on a day in and day out basis with such regularity that it doesn't seem to phase them whatsoever. I, it, it, it baffles the mind. It absolutely baffles the mind. So, on a final note here, given the fact that that is still going on, the, the back-and-forth uh, ping-pong game of stupidity, the last thing I wanted to mention is this, and it has to do with doctors waking up. And this is a theory of mine, and I've put it out on Gab, and it's going to be also highlighted in my most recent Substack article, which is going to come out on Tuesday. So keep an eye out for that. And if you have subscribed to the American Classroom on Substack, of course, you'll get the automatic email. But it's a very quick article, uh, not a ton of new things, just kind of a summary of, of what's already happened and a few things of, of, of where I think things are going to go here. Um, I have no doubt that doctors are waking up, and I have no doubt that there are some of them that are saying, wait a minute, we're seeing all of these sick people, and they're all the ones that have been jabbed. I think that's the first step in them waking up from their slumber. If they have individuals coming back into their offices who are fully jabbed, it has to be that they have to put two and two together, some of them anyway, that, it's the, that it is in fact the jab that has now compromised their immune systems permanently. Having said that, it's my suspicion that they're going to start using the saying, you're allergic, quote-unquote, or I think you're allergic to these ingredients of either a COVID jab or a flu shot, as to not promote a future flu shot or not promote or administer a future booster jab. The reason I say this is because allegedly my nephew now, who I've brought up a couple of times in the past, is now all of the sudden miraculously allergic to flu shots, as is my brother, miraculously allergic to flu shots now or some of the ingredients in, ingredients in flu shots. If that's the case, then what's happened with the flu shot? What's happened to it? Because they, they both, for example, have received flu shots in the past. And it doesn't protect them against anything because, of course, we know that flu shots are poisonous. They have always been poisonous. They never prevent against a natural immune response, which is supposed to happen. You can't suppress God's work. Um, that's, that's the point. So what on earth is in these alleged New, new flu jabs that has people thinking that they're all of a sudden allergic. Not to mention, how do they know what's in these jabs and how do they know that they are in fact allergic to them? I think they're panicking, ladies and gentlemen. I think the doctors are panicking. I think that they're seeing the writing on the wall. They recognize that they weren't providing informed consent. And this is October 4th. Mark my words, I think this is the beginning of the end. 
I know that Walgreens and places like that, as I've said in the past, are still pushing the flu jabs for free, uh, along with all of the, the gifts and goodies that you can get along with being poisoned. Same is true with COVID jabs and, and booster jabs. But I think I, I have a sneaking suspicion here that the tables are turning and the wind is, it, the wind is changing in a good way. Unfortunately, again, they're going to use, quote-unquote, you're allergic as the excuse, when in fact, it's not that they're allergic, although they are allergic to poison because we're all allergic to poison, but they're going to say that because they know that their patients are blindly not going to ask the question, what is it exactly in the jabs, flu or COVID, that I am now magically allergic to when in the past I was not? The doctors know that the patients aren't going to ask that question. Most of them won't. 9 out of 10, almost 10 out of 10 won't ask that question because that takes thinking. It takes a full recognition of the fact that they've received it already for years on end, year after year after year, gotten sick and poisoned as a result of taking those jabs, but now all of a sudden their doctor is saying, I think we need to hold off on this from now on. I don't recommend you take this ever again. I think the writing is on the wall. I think they know that the noose is coming. Again, they know they haven't uh, engaged in informed consent, which they're supposed to do by law. They're not popping these adverse reactions from the COVID jabs into VAERS, which they're supposed to do by law. They've been caught. The jig is up. Unfortunately, still some, some are still playing this horrific satanic game. And many will still be blind to it, I'm certain. But I think, honestly, and it's a good thing, finally, but they still have to be held accountable legally. But I'm glad that I believe, again, it's a, it's a sneaking suspicion that some doctors are waking up that they're actually starting to see that, yes, in fact, it is their COVID patients or their patients that have taken the jabs that are, in fact, ill. I think some are waking up. And if there's a silver lining in any of this nightmare, that could be it right now and mark this moment as potentially being it. It's a sneaking suspicion. It's just a hunch. But I listen to my gut, and uh, that's what my gut told me all day yesterday. And uh, it's telling me the same thing now. So we'll see what happens because, again, the only test that matters is the test of time. Until then, I'll catch you on Wednesday, which is the old one-year anniversary of American Education FM. Make sure and check out the website for more information. Catch you on Wednesday. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.